Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Hey, Jason, what's going on, man? I'm doing all right. How's uh, how's the past couple weeks been? It's been okay. Um, it's funny because you kind of gave me the um, chronology of um, Survivor, start to finish, and as of now, you're <laughs> as of now you're com- uh, you're completely up to date, right? Yeah, I was actually going to mention that. I am. I've watched all forty. <laughs> so have- I. Uh, no, I was just going to, because I remember you hitting on some things that um, that were really interesting, how, you know, 20 years doesn't seem like a long time, but, um, you know, you've, you've noticed kind of like, you know, the, the, the changes in diversity and, you know, all sorts of things. Well, um, I've been, um, I've been binge watching um, James Bond movies and I started, oh, okay. at, so I'm still in the Sean Connery series, so uh you know dr no from russia with love goldfinger and wow you want to talk um, <laughs> i could imagine like it's at every so it, it's funny because i have um you're probably not up to date with like streaming services here but here um they've uh there's a company called crave that's kind of taken some um programming from hbo some from showtime some okay. from uh, a couple other things and they've just kind of put it all together so for example i'll get like real time with bill maher but i won't get showtime boxing right but so okay. it's but um it's still a great streaming service um so they have all the james bond series up there and um Basically, the disclaimer at the beginning of each of the Bond movies is that it's been um, like fully di- uh, digitized. They've, you know, they've revamped it, sound and whatnot, and that we they basically say um, some scenes might not be culturally appropriate. Okay. And I'm and I'm like, and here's the thing: I'm a pretty big James Bond fan, like you know, more so than I am like Marvel or Star Wars or whatnot. And I'm okay. thinking like. You know, it's been like maybe 10, 15 years since I've seen all the Bonds, but I'm like, I don't really remember anything too crazy. And then as soon as you watch Dr. No and all the other ones with Sean Connery, it's like, wow, zero consent there. He forced himself there. Um, <laughs> he's, he, he's getting a visible minority to, he goes, pick up my shoes, please, or grab my bags. It's just like, wow. <laughs> Mind you, these were made in, nine, I think the first Bond with Connery was 1962. 70? Well, oh, no, nineteen. Wow. Yeah, seventies. Seventies was Roger. Basically, it's Connery sixties, Roger Moore seventies. You get Timothy Dalton for a cup of coffee, and then it takes kind of like um, almost a ten year break, and then Pierce Brosnan um, is in, and now we got Daniel Craig. So it's so, kind of the whole. Okay. I definitely mm-hmm. saw the Pierce Brosnan ones, the ones before and after. I have not really seen. I've been told I would enjoy the Daniel Craig ones. I don't know. I just for some reason I haven't really been good about keeping current with a lot of. I don't know, just, just the, the influx of different movies coming out. The early Bonds, they track the Cold War. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, he's he uh, he's basically, his, his main asset is, um, although he does align himself with a couple of Russians, but yeah, I mean, Russians are the enemy. Um, Germans so are the enemy. Um, yeah. the, like Japanese. The yeah, Japanese are. Yeah, I, mean, I believe Doctor No is supposed to be some either Chinese or Japanese, and he's he's the villain. And this right. is 1962, and then right. yeah, so um, yeah, so yeah, you're getting a lot of Cold War. I mean, he's killing nothing but KGB agents and whatnot. Um, his only ally is besides it's it's the CIA 
ally in Felix Leiter, who's a reoccurring character and is still in the in the Daniel Craig version. Um, so yeah, you're getting a lot of so, yeah. You just yeah. The reason War. I yeah. mention it. Oh, Doctor No, I just looked it up. He's yeah, Chinese, which made sense to me because they were the the communists, you know, like the the axis of evil or whatever. Like Japan by that point it would have been a growing ally of America, um, because. When you make when in this in the Cold War era and they're making these movies, you're just rolling them out really to the U.S. and like maybe the Europe, but it's like now when you're trying to create these movies, you've got to somehow make this marketable in all these countries, which might have with their own cultural or political tensions. You know, like uh, like that's why Fast and Furious is such a great franchise. You have this diversity in the cast. You can just make it so Very appealing true. to really any market. Whereas something like, do you remember? Um, uh, what was that movie? Um, the Disney movie, the late, the Chinese girl. She. Um, oh, Mulan. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I was forgetting the name. So you know there was controversy there, right? Because yeah, um, big time. <laughs> like she was just whatever. She was making her com- well, at least in Hong Kong. I mean, she was making comments about the political situation that were drawing attention. But then there was John Cena. I forget what he did, and I forget which movie he was promoting. He gets in the hot water. It's like. It's so hard. It's so hard to like roll this stuff out. Whereas back then, I mean, it was just so much easier to roll that stuff out. So true, right? And I mean, by the time Bond gets released in theaters, it's select theaters. And then, you know, I mean, people are slow to consume it and then write reviews. Now it's just instant. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, things get leaked. And um, yeah, so it's... <laughs> it's yeah, but yeah. it is uh, it is interesting with the bonds. You know, I'm kind of like following along, and it's um, you know, I'm not one of those. I'm not like in love with James Bond movies. I think it, think of James Bond movies as WrestleMania. You'll get one every five years, or sorry, every five James Bond movies might be decent, and they're okay. they're all quite not that memorable. Um, when they come out, you kind of just make a point. You have to see it because yeah, you've already I grew up on it. Enough in yeah, the legacy. yeah, yeah. I grew up on it. Like my uncles and my grandfather loved James Bond. It's just one of those things. Like you know, they 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 dug him, and Sean Connery was like super over, and it was more of a testament to his star power um, that he just did everything that every guy wanted to do. They wanted to, you know, he was just uh, he got to fire guns, he got to save the world, you know. Uh, half dozen women in each film were like flocking to him. So yeah, like James Bond was just the man. And, um, and as such, you know, that's how it was presented to me. Um, okay. Just that he was a, he was a cool action figure. And, um, and, isn't and so, yeah. It, isn't it really interesting that, and I mentioned Fast and Furious cause I feel like that's the bond of our generation and a little um, bit. Yeah. And I dig it. And it's just so interesting. You mentioned Bond, the allure of this guy. He's this, he's this maverick. He does his own thing. He's well-resourced. Every, he just, whatever, he can make women do whatever he wants. He can, he can assert himself over any man. And then you have, like, um, um, Dom in Fast and Furious, who's, who's, in a way, the complete opposite. But he's so charismatic, and he draws in all the audiences because here's this guy. He's got his crew around him. He's loyal to them and they're loyal to him. And wherever he goes, he's always got this um, draw, this drawing power, like men and women all are, he's got this charisma about him in every country he goes to, like in, in the, in the films, right? Somehow he's connected everywhere. He's, he's an outlaw. So he doesn't really have the resources on his side yet. Somehow he pulls things off. So it's just really interesting that dichotomy there. Like, um, yeah. That, yeah. That, like, 
would actually, yeah. I would actually like to find out when they pulled the switch on some local drag racer to like, okay, this guy's just gonna kick ass. Yeah. Um, all well, over that the was world, um, right? Fast Five, right? Like, I think Tokyo the- Drift changed a lot of things because he wasn't okay. in it. But then after that, I, yeah. But I, th- I think a switch was pulled on because I remember seeing. I think Fast Six or Five was the big reunion with with Paul Walker and uh, and no, Vin so- Diesel. Like all in the first series, it was all around the racing scene. After Tokyo Drift, there was Fast and Furious, which was four, and that's when Letty was like, um, she'd been all oh, right. She died, but came back. And mm-hmm. Fast Five—that's when they do the things where they're not street racing anything. They're—it's a heist. They're trying to get that big safe out of the bank. They're trying to mm-hmm, pull out mm-hmm. the, the thing, and then you got the FBI chasing them around. So Tokyo Drift actually had a very special meaning to me in my life. So like. As it was coming out at that time, I was back from China after I'd been over there studying working, and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my career. Now, I had applied for this. It's like these this companies in Japan where they do engineering slash consulting, and it would have put me into Tokyo. But, I mean, I didn't end up pursuing it because it would have required me to have to, to like, go without pay or to, like, have to earn my stripes. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um and I think I was always skeptical, like, is this legit? Like, if it was so legit, I would have heard of it from somebody else, right? Now, later on, many years later at a wedding, I would have meet this guy who actually ended up doing this. Like, he'd done his engineering degree in California. He was, like, Taiwanese-American, and then he um, ended up going to Japan for, like, a year or two. He himself had already had much more advanced Japanese. He said by the time he even got there, by the time he actually had to do the classes. So he said, yeah, that probably would have been difficult if you hadn't even really studied any. Um because then they would touch you at some point. Anyway, so I'm watching the movie Tokyo Drift, and you know they're not, you know, like Han, like he would have all these little nuggets of wisdom throughout the mm-hmm. film. The dialogue was written in a way where it's just a chance for Han to 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 share his like his his quotes, his thoughts, without really having a conversation with this other with um with the main American. Mm-hmm. He'd be like in the car, and then I forget the name, the protagonist, the American guy. Um, what his name was in the movie sean i don't know um he he was just like questioning well why'd you let me total your car and then he just said it's a throwaway for me to test what a man's worth right he wanted to test this, this guy's loyalty his dedication to paying his debt and then he's like and then another instance he's like well, why are you working with that other guy um like the main the main heel the gang the gang leader he's like because why do you need him he's like because you know 50 percent of something is better than 100 percent of nothing so it's like okay, so this guy's a strategist. He's like a, he could win yeah. a survivor, and then yeah, like, that's true. Then there's the other the, there's the other pearl of wisdom when they're playing soccer up on the rooftop at nighttime, which I thought was a really cool visual. The 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 quote was, "Life's simple. You make choices and you don't look back." Right, and I was like, "Oh yeah," it's like he's like saying, you know, don't really worry about things going wrong or things not working out. Whatever you just you just make good judgments. You just kind of be self aware, and then. Go for it. And if it doesn't work, then you pivot. And so that was Han. That was what I took away. That was what was inspiring me and like whatever I was doing in my job search at that time. Because I was going through that change, right? I was coming back from Asia and I needed to get on my feet. So that that movie had like special significance, I'll say, even though that's the one that everybody ridicules. Han, I think, was, I mean, everyone loved him. They brought him back to life just so they could, you know, <laughs> um, right? I mean, that, that speaks to the actor and, right. and his character and Pearl of Wisdom. It's just like, oh, yeah, he, there was some escape hatch in that burning car. He wasn't actually him. And um, anyways, um, 
Yeah, no, and, and Tokyo Drift, I don't think people shit on it, man. I think it's like, uh, oh, really? I think okay. people, no, because they, the, the, first of all, it's the last street racing um, one they made. That's number one. Number two was um, the action sequences were really cool. I think people actually, um, you know, it, it's it's almost like, uh, well, it's definitely the outlier of the series, right? Um, main character is no longer accounted for, um, and um Thank God there's no Bow Wow as well. So no, I think uh, I think Tokyo Drift ages well. Actually, of the people I know that that watch the series, um, they hold Tokyo Drift in high regard. Okay, you know, um, Dom does make that one appearance at the very end of the movie. So that's the one little thread. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and I think in the later series, the fact that they were able to loop in elements of Tokyo Drift, the fact that in Fast Five they brought Han in. They mm-hmm. also had that flashback, and I forget in a later series where they had a flashback where Dom went to Tokyo to talk to that other kid. Um, yeah, which is really funny because you're talking, you're like a 28, 32 year old, whatever, talking to this essentially a 19 year old kid. And you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. he's in high school, right? So it's funny, yeah, yeah, about that. But anyway, the fact that they incorporated those elements looped that installment into the into the series, whereas they could easily have just brushed it away. Now, there's there's reasons to do it too, like you know, like um, so. Tokyo Drift was of some has like a has a certain importance in the Asian American like community and like certainly this the film part because Justin Lin right he was the director of Tokyo Drift he like just a year or two before that had some gained some notoriety as Sundance um, he put out this his own dot, his own like indie film and it was it was uh, Better Luck Tomorrow which was this Asian mm. American it was had all Asian American cast Asian American run. He basically talked about financing it on credit cards, and he managed to, managed to win Sundance. There was this thing where Audrey Ebert stood up and he kind of gave a testimonial about the film. It was like it sparked a bit of a debate because there was like you had like pre you know woke before woke, where some people were talking about hey this is like a negative portrayal of the community, and then Audrey Ebert's like no like you're missing the point of the film. So it generated a bit of buzz so that MTV picked up the film. You had some careers starting, which was really Justin Lin, the director, and Han. Um, Song Kang. So then, then Justin Lin takes over the the Tokyo uh, Fast and Furious franchise, but Tokyo Drift brings on Han as a character. He, that's actually Han, like the character Han. Mm-hmm. It's the same guy from that film, the the indie film. So anybody who who watched that film saw Han move from one film to the next. The character, I don't yeah. Know, and then, um, then Justin Lin runs with it with uh, Fast Fast and Furious when he actually gets to direct the real the the real thing when. Dom, yeah. Paul, and Letty and them all come back. Um, so that was kind of interesting. And then actually it was kind of interesting the fact that the franchise got passed on to this other the other dude, Jason Wang, which is another Asian American film director, mm-hmm. or he's Australian actually. But um so that um so I think that's what kind of what stuck out because it was one of the first instances where you saw that kind of representation starting to take form in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, Speaking of uh so I believe Sonny Sonny Chiba was in Tokyo Drift because I remember like marking out for him and he just passed away. I don't know if you know. He's uh, look him up. He was in, did all those Kung Fu movies and then basically, and then he was in Kill Bill and Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang Clan like reps him like huge in all their albums, right? Like they just, they're all big Kung Fu fanatics and Sonny Chiba was like the most like, I guess you could say like the most Americanized, um, you know, Japanese actor. And he just passed okay. away this week. And funny enough, 
you just mentioned about how like you know representation and, and how they're portrayed in film his handlers came out and he too was asked to like defend some of you know Sonny Chiba's like late roles like in Kill Bill he makes a sword right he's the one that makes the sword for the bride okay oh yeah Mamba, that's right, yeah. right? Yeah. um Hanzo's sword yeah he's he plays Hanzo and um just everything about that scene like they they criticize Tarantino because like he just you know, he, he, it's like he exploits certain stereotypes. Like he, you know, um, Uma Thurman's going into like some, you know, um, uh, underground of Japan to get a sword, and this guy makes a sword, and uh, you know, and basically when Sonny Chiba died this week or or last week, one of his handlers came out and just says like he just he 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 just wanted to put just simple as this. He just want to make movies that people liked and um and yeah, he didn't really he, yeah he didn't really care for how it would be represented so it's like basically his his fans were his focus group and he like this guy apparently could do no wrong um in okay. in, in the asian market and whatever he played people were going to mark out for <laughs> and and tarantino's like big on that right tarantino's like just finds these like you know obscure not obscure actor because sonny chiba i think almost forgotten before or like yeah, under the, just they're hum, right under the radar kind of person. Yeah, so people know, the, but they kind of hear you forgot who I was. Here I am, like that kind of. Person. Yeah, it was just so. Kill Bill was just the story of how Kill Bill was made, and Rizzo was part of it. Rizzo from Wu Tang, and then they they, okay. they cast Sonny Chiba. It was just Tarantino to me is just um, just um, you know he's just been making masterpieces for for decades now. Anyways, yeah. bottom line is that he was. You know, Sonny Chiba apparently did not have any time for any of that woke shit. He just said, <laughs> guys, I, <laughs> um, but he was nice about it, but his handler kind of spoke up. It's like, listen, no, you're, no one's going to like besmirch his legacy. His film is, is, his film resume was what it was. He made movies because he knew that these were roles that, you know, he was a going to get paid for and that, um, you know, people were going to remember him by so he really did, was not going to apologize for any, you know. It's, uh, I don't even remember at the time was I don't remember people talking about any of that stuff that there was offensive or was, at the time people liked Kill Bill. I still like it. Um, it's love it's it. Long, you have to really invest. I don't remember any kind of controversy about it, but because I think the thing too is when you watch it, um, Tarantino, he's not really denigrating anything, right? He's creating. He, he, I mean, he researches stuff, you know, he incorporates, he adds his own creativity. And if anything, he, he just creating its visibility. I mean, that was one of the biggest, um, even to this day, people will complain about it, like the lack of visibility, lack of representation, but it was just like, he would incorporate these elements in, I don't know, in their films. I don't know. I never, I didn't, I never get the Tarantino criticism. Like even now, like with his, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, he got criticized for how he portrayed Bruce Lee. I'm like, it's a it's a it's a fictional movie and i mean and i don't even know what the i don't know it was a, it was a fight scene and then the guy tricked bruce i don't know i didn't really understand i don't know i think i think some people are they're trying to this goes back to when you talked about how people like right now like whatever um there's reviews that go up right away like it's almost like the act of what in of watching a movie now which is almost like you can parallel this with wrestling but the act of watching a movie now it used to be, okay, I'm going to get psyched up. I'm going to pay my ticket and go watch in the theater. And now it's a bit like, oh, I'm going to 
understand the whole story of how this movie was made. And therefore I'm going to go in there with this lens of trying to understand all that stuff. Yes, and then I can critique yes. it. I can overanalyze and then I can get make, I can kind of use the movie as a tool um, to, to state whatever opinion I need to state to further like whatever my brand is or whatever my view was, you know what I mean? Like the movies, now you're not even watching to enjoy the movie. Now you're just using the movie as a tool for your own like expression. You know? Yes. Like, well, in in, in in my case, um, it's it's the talk um, the the toxicity is actually like steeped in where now I'm watching this as some crazed like blogger in his mom's basement, and you know I'm like, oh, I can see some. No, honestly, I'm I'm watching I'm watching certain things today, okay. and I'm thinking, yeah, I could see some loser printing something about this like I, I i like that's that's how i've been thinking like I'll, I'll see a scene where i love i think it's perfect and then immediately i'll switch to yeah i can see some dead spin knockoff just write something you know about it how like you know 10 things wrong with the scene right so it's uh it's actually affecting me because now i am like preparing myself um for um for what could be coming out so yeah man uh, well simpler times yeah, um, I, I suppose. Yeah, like it's <laughs> people might hear this thing we're like art- articulating fast and fierce. Like it is, <laughs> it, it's bubble gum at the end of the day. But but you're right. someone along the way oh, I don't realized. Think it's well, yeah, I, I think it's truly meaningful. I, I don't. I don't think it's high art either. But <laughs> some, someone along the way realized. Listen, there's there's money to be made. There's depth to these characters. There is a bit of evolution. I mean, these guys started off, you know, heisting trucks that had like you know. 1999 flat screen you know plasmas um and stereo equipment and now they're you know doing all this international um stuff and going to going to dubai and defying laws of physics by the way i've shown my dad (laughs) my my dad's a mechanic and i've shown him a couple scenes uh oh my i love showing him some scenes like there's one where (laughs) there's there's one where they're going full speed and then he puts in reverse yeah, and okay. the car tail spins and is, is is pretty much doing the same speed in reverse. And, like, and my dad's like, okay, s- stop the video. Two things. Number one, <laughs> okay. it's like the, the tranny would split. Number two, you're not going to get to that speed. And he, he, he was so, he goes, he, he, he yells at my mother because he demands a pen and paper. And he's showing me the size of the, <laughs> he's showing me the size of the reverse gear and this, and the size of gears four and five. And, you know, and he's just breaking it down how like, that's just criminally impossible. There's, um, so, um, but anyways, back to what you said, like, yeah, there's, listen, um, like James Bond, like if this is the modern day version of the James Bond series, or, you know, you could take the MCU universe. Really, there's there's a lot you can draw on upon uh, in terms of just things that I think that I don't, all these things that take off, I don't think anyone had a grand plan as, as to what the expectations were. I think the hope is always that, hey, we might be onto something. We might start a movie franchise here. But when it does take off, and now this movie is like, you know, it's going in its third decade, this this yeah. film franchise. Yeah, it's it crazy. survived the death of its main character. And now you've got Rock and um, the other English dude. Jason I can't remember Adam. his name. Jason and Idris Alba is like super natural and oh, the yeah. villain that he played. Um. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. Niren, she was in that too. Yes, Niren or someone which, else. Yeah, which goes to show you too. It sh- oh, it should go Charlie to show Trump. you. Yeah. Goes to it show should you. show you that um when Martin Scorsese said his comments about MCU and all that, 
And when I look at the actors that actually go to these like quote unquote like trash action movies like Scarlett Johansson, Robert Downey Jr., like serious actors, um, Mark Ruffalo, who's been in some really serious movies, if anyone's seen, uh, I believe it's called Spotlight. Um, okay. Like we're talking like A-list actors who maybe they just want to have a little bit of fun in their lives and get to play an action figure. Or I know a lot of people, a lot of actors have done certain roles because their kids were maybe like 10 and 12 yeah. at the time and a script right. came their way and they were really, you know, it's just like they did it for their kids. Um, yeah. So to have, to have someone just like, you know, um, wag their finger, especially someone like Scorsese, <laughs> who I'm sorry, I can name like five junk movies that he's come up with. And I know that <laughs> it would piss off Scorsese diehards, but you're right. Helen Mirren, <laughs> Downey Jr. I mean, these are legit actors and like who, who looks, who looks worse in the end? These actors that, have, that, that can do serious movies that maybe won't get, um, you know, let's face it, will end up straight on Netflix and maybe get, uh, critically acclaimed somewhere. Someone will give it rave reviews, but this is not going to do bonkers at the box office or, um, or someone like Scorsese, who's just, you know, like he, you know, maybe, maybe he's out with it. You know what I mean? Like um, maybe he's not in touch. Maybe he might be the one that's not happy that his movies are getting, um, are getting, you know, quote unquote outworked um, in terms of sales to these other movies. And this is just kind of his, like, you know, like just demeaning it as not art or not movie. It's just like, come on, man. Anyways, I just don't think that comment ages well. Yeah, it won't. It, it doesn't. It's not aging well. It won't age well. You know, um, it's although like you brought up a good point. You're overlooking. So within entertainment, I mean, just like any industry, there's politics involved. So it's kind of like the you do one film for the studio, you do one film for yourself. So I mean, you got to do Absolutely. some of these films because that's what brings in the money, and then you can mm -hmm. create these other little side projects for yourself that might turn into something else i mean we saw that is uh i mean i'm a big fan of entourage and so that was like the, the crux of it vince wanted to do all these other movies these other mm -hmm. film, films and then arby's like hey like you got to build your brand you got to just be aquaman right um so um so that no i, I agree with that and i mean as, as long as it's a movie that people like and then yeah i mean fast and furious movies they never really get trash right nobody trashes those movies right everyone likes that stuff um well, I, I put it this way: it, it it doesn't matter if I don't like it. You know, the the, the masses have spoken, right? And <laughs> it's just it it almost doesn't matter. Also, um, we've uh, we've kind of talked about this how like we can tie it into NBA a little bit. There's certain players that don't age well, like they should have either retired or reduced a role, and I think it actually impacts their legacy, right? I actually think you can you can actually tarnish your legacy by like the okay. last two or three years of maybe a 17 or, or 18 year career. If you take someone like Nicolas Cage, for example, by the way, another movie I saw of his the other day, The Rock, just fantastic, classic American action movie, just hit all the notes, like just prime Jerry Bruckheimer. Like, you know, uh, Nick Cage is like the, the guy that everyone laughs at because he, he apparently says no to no scripts and he just takes the payday. <laughs> I don't. Th I, I don't think fifty trash movies takes away from making like you know Moonstruck or whatever the hell he's made. Like he, he made he made uh, you know he he made uh, Face Off. He made uh, The Rock. Like he's made uh, Matchstick Man. He's made all these great films. He's he's someone that you can point to in film studies school and say like you should act like Nicolas Cage does in these movies. And maybe he's made questionable, but. 
what I'm trying to say is like 50 bag Nick Cage movies. That doesn't erase good movies. Like I don't think that's how movies work. I think sports works like that. I don't think the arts work like that. It, say that again. If you make 50 bag movies, it doesn't erase that. Well, it's a difference for sports. That's the part I didn't get. Is is so I oh, think I think sports you could actually. I think you can your ruin your career. I think you well. can tarnish your legacy if you have three bad years towards okay. the end where you just, you maybe, oh, um, you know, do you know what I mean? When you're doing your entertainment. Your career is never really over because it can just, you don't really have to retire because when you say three bad movies in the end, it's never really a conclusion because that person might always still make another movie later. Or they could, but even, but even, but, whatever, but so. just sticking with Nicolas Cage, see if he never makes another good movie ever again. And by the way, he's got a bad one coming out. It's called Jujitsu. It's got nothing to do with Jujitsu. <laughs> it's like <laughs> scorpions, and I don't even know what's going on. So it's very possible that someone like Nicolas Cage will never make a movie. And this guy comes from like he's 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 Hollywood royalty. I mean, his I forget what I forget what his relationship is to the Coppola family, but that's why he changed his name. Um, but uh, he, um, but it's not the point. Like he, he's already to me, movies is your contribution is set in stone. Whether right. you make poor movies afterwards, it actually almost doesn't matter because you can be selective with the arts. Um, whereas I don't think you can be in sports. I think sports, just like a fighter, especially the fight game. I mean, there's, there's a record. You have to, make there's a record. I feel terrible. Like it kills me because I've met people who have only seen like Chuck Liddell's last three fights. I've met people who have only seen like BJ Penn's like last five fights. They don't remember when they were world beaters, right? And That's I could send point. them, I could send them YouTube clips. I can send them, you know, everything, and they're watching it, but they didn't watch it at the time. They didn't. They weren't part of the buildup. They weren't part of the sport. So it's very hard to convey that. Like when you watch the sport at the time, and if you're seeing these guys. And here I am at the bar being like, you don't understand, BJ Penn did this to Kyle Uno and, and Matt Hughes. And there's, yeah, but why did he just get head kick KO like that, right? <laughs> so um, it's 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 different, right? So, it's, anyway. Man, because, you know, uh, um, Liddell, I, for, for everything, the last thing image I have in my head is because I was right. I was in a YouTube wormhole some, was it years ago? It was like a year ago, a few months ago. And it was just the, the series of fights with him and... Um, uh bad boy um tito ortiz tito ortiz yeah um qanon's finest tito ortiz <laughs> so like he just it was just one fight after another ortiz beating him and um i was like man well, well the first thought i went through head is could i imagine other way around uh liddell won liddell won the first two fights and then they fought what? both in their okay. 40s and that's oh, when that's tito got his on. victory okay. back and okay, it was and terrible. that's all I'm watching. Okay. 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 Was it only one victory for some reason? I thought Ortiz was just like... It was like a... So what happened was, uh, long story short, Ortiz had to vacate the title because he didn't want to fight against Chuck because he considered him a friend. But really, there was contract negotiations. Dana stripped Tito of the belt. Uh, Chuck then won the lightweight title. Then Tito made the fight because they said, well, this is a unification belt because, um, you know, Tito never officially lost. And the buildup was great. Um, Tito did okay, actually, in both losses. Like, he, you know, he, he got starched in both of them, but it's not like, you know, uh, he didn't make Chuck earn it. And they fought, like, 15 years later where, you know, here's the thing. Ortiz actually got out the game 
on a decent momentum. Like he, he actually looked good going to his forties where Liddell's chin was just um, got the worst of him. And the worst part about their trilogy match was that it was an Oscar De La Hoya um, promotion. Um, the commission did not do a good job. Like they should not have cleared Chuck Liddell. He literally limped into the arena that night. Like people are questioning whether or not he could even pass a physical. Um, the, the man's probably got CTE. And it was actually pretty, pretty sad to watch him get, um, get knocked out.